Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with Nikki to talk about the first shoes I've actually paid for in five years. That's great. I'm so <laughs> excited. And welcome to Ben from Rad Global. I have so many questions for you, sir, about everything oh that you guys are doing. Um, no pressure. No, no, no. No pressure. But first of all, can you just, can you introduce yourself? Can you tell us your title and a little bit about what you do? Correct. Yes. Uh, my name is Ben Massey and I am the founder of RAD, uh, a footwear company um, that is making shoes for the training market. Um, I am the founder and I am currently have the rather glamorous title of CEO, but I'm not sure... <laughs> I'm not sure whether that's a big uh, buzzword in our community right now. Yeah, I'm not sure whether that's really my vibe, but you know that's what it is. Ben, I got to tell you, I started uh, I started training for Waterpalooza a few months ago, and I have these two coaches that I've been working with, and they both come in at the same time wearing these really fancy shoes, and I'm admittedly kind of a shoe whore. Like I have more shoes than I know what to do with. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I I seriously, like most CrossFit, I've been doing this for a decade. So I quite literally have probably 15 pairs of CrossFit shoes and they come walking in and I'm like, Oh, those are nice. What are those? And Jen, who's my primary coach, she's like, well, these are the rads. And I'm like, how are they? And she's like, you know, they're just going on and on and how good they are. And after about two weeks, I can't stand it anymore. And I have to go buy a pair. Like I just have to do it. And uh, I go online to see what you had. And uh, a couple of them were, you know, sold out or at least not in my size. And then I found this blue pair and I, blue is my jam. Like I love blue. That's your vibe. That's my, that's my vibe. And I, bought, I brought them so everybody can see them. Oh, thank you they for doing that. Like, like, and, turn them around. Uh, the whole thing. They have literally not left my feet for a month now. Oh wow! Worn them everywhere, like every. Are they, so every, are they good in bed, or they're great. Tested that yet? Yeah. Just like me, they're great in bed. <laughs> the rads on. I mean, you can love your shoes, but you shouldn't love your shoes. You know what I'm saying? No, um, well, yeah, people blur the line, don't they? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've literally worn them in every workout since then. Because, I, like, I think when you get them, like, you got to put them through all the tests. Like, true anything possible. And so over the weekend I had this work guide, I had to go on a trip and I took them with me and they were the only shoes I took with me on this trip, which is rare for me. Like normally I plan for all contingencies and it's winter here. Like it's cold. And I'm like, there's no way there's going to be running in this workout. (laughs) And then the workout started with a mile run and ended with a mile run. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to find out if they're good for running. I'm going to find out. Uh, They were great. Awesome. They, were absolutely, they were great. I was uh, very, very, you know, CrossFit shoes are notoriously bad to run in. And I was very pleasantly surprised at how good they felt. So oh, thank you. Best review I can give you, dude. Good wow. Thank you very much. No, I really appreciate it. I mean, one of the, when we were going through the design process, I'm sure you will get into more detail, but one of the key elements we looked at was, when you truly look at the test of fitness and you go to the CrossFit games, like what is everyone doing that they haven't done in their gym or anything like that? Like everyone is running. Sorry, there's a bit of background noise. Um, and so we wanted to create a shoe that you could genuinely do a decent amount of running in and then go and lift a heavy barbell or whatever you needed to do. Um, it took a lot of trial and error, but I think we, we got there. Most people are, are pretty confident that they can run a decent mileage in them. 
That's well, I wouldn't go that, I wouldn't go that far, you know, like I'm not a decent runner, but <laughs> but the shoes were fine. <laughs> mileage for a training day. Yeah, yeah. for a training day. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, ben, I I'm truly I have a lot of questions for you specifically about kind of like how you broke out onto the scene recently because that's kind of a marketer at heart and that's really where uh, I think that you've done just an incredible standout job. But before we get to sort of like the the more, more recent things, I would love to hear from you how you got started, what motivated you to start a shoe brand, especially in quite a saturated market. Like, you know, it's, it must be scary. We've already got Reeboks and Innovates and Nobles and this and that. And you were like, no, nah, I'm going to make one more. I'm going to do yeah. it. What motivated you to do that? So my background is I left school and I worked for a clothing company called Bathing Ape, which is a sort of Japanese streetwear brand. And that was from sort of the age of 17, 16 till I was about 21. And during that time, I also found CrossFit. And it was kind of this moment where I was like, okay, do I keep working for Bathing Ape and working my way up there? Or do I open an affiliate? because there wasn't any near me at the time. So this was like 2009, 2010. I did my level one uh, and then set about trying to open an affiliate, opened the first one in West London uh, in 2011, and then spent my time coaching, competing. uh, And then in 2017, uh, was like, okay, I'm getting too old for this competing thing. Uh, and my body's really sore. Uh, what's going to be the next sort of challenge? And that was where, you know, I think there was this moment where I said, well, I can bring my time at Bathing Ape and my sort of experience with CrossFit into this one kind of brand. Uh, and I thought to myself, well, in order to make a splash in the market, uh, we needed to come with a sort of meaningful product. Like I didn't want it to be another T-shirt or some wraps or whatever. I wanted it to be like something hard to make. And so I was like, okay, let's make shoes. They're definitely going to be hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Quite how hard they are, (laughs) I wasn't prepared for. But that was kind of my mindset was like, okay, there's plenty of T-shirt brands. There's plenty of apparel brands. There's a few uh, footwear brands, but I still feel like, you know, what's available in the market doesn't like 100% appeal to me. And therefore, there might be other people that feel the same. And that was kind of how I went about it, really. That's awesome. And the development process for the shoe, what did that look like? Um, So I sold the affiliate in 2018. And then I took the funds basically from that and put it into starting rad and we basically had i found a designer in august of 2019 and then we launched at the beginning of this year so it was like what is that a two two year process long yeah. i've forgotten how long it was yeah two and a half years yeah <laughs> How many, um, uh, how many failed design shoe prototypes did you put on your feet and you're all like, Mm-mm, it's not no, it. This is a, that is, I think we got up to like nine or 10. Yeah, I bet. The thing that was really tricky was 
like the big brands will have so the way you construct a shoe is you have your last which is like you know you go to like uh shoemakers or whatever and they'd have those old wooden shapes of a shoe like that's your yeah. last and then you build everything around it and a lot of the big brands will have a last that they can then effectively make their shapes of and they have their fits and they know they work we didn't have any of that so we were kind of starting from scratch so that was the thing really that took the most amount of time to get right was like the fit and then after that it was about making sure the bottom of the shoe which is called the tooling making sure that performed in a way that we wanted to that you could lift heavy in it but also there was an element of sort of uh, use for plyometrics running etc so it was this constant kind of like get the perfect fit but then get the right feel when you're lifting and the right feel when you're running or jumping Um, I think there's probably you know there's people that love it how I read a comment the other day and it was like if Rad ever changes this shoe I'm never buying another one because this is perfect (laughs) no pressure (laughs) pressure there's already things I want to change and improve um but I think you know we we were ultimately very lucky on where we landed you know um it we did go through quite a few rounds but it was down to luck like even the biggest brands on the planet they can put something out out and it might not be right Um, and we've seen it happen yeah so yeah. yeah it was uh I think the main thing about that process was normally you would go to the factory and you would sit with your development team for, you know, a 10-day period and you'd get loads and loads of work done. So you'd go, normally you go in, let's say you go in on the Monday, you work with your development team. Overnight, they produce all your adjustments and then you go back Mm -hmm. into the factory on the Tuesday and it's like they're waiting for you to see. We were basically going through that process, but every adjustment we made, it would take two weeks to then receive it. So just to extrapolate that out over, you know, those that period, everything was just so, so slow because we couldn't travel through that stupid pandemic of course. scenario. <laughs> that thing, that old <laughs> that, thing. That old thing, yeah. Wild. So for me, Ben, one of the most interesting things I've seen is I feel like there's been a little bit of a window for brands to come into the CrossFit space lately, right? I just feel like as a community there's been a lot of change and we've almost been more receptive than we Mm. have been in the past for a while. I feel like we were like, no new friends, you know, (laughs) Reebok, we know Reebok and then we've got Noble and then we've got like, even Innovate came back and people were like, okay, fine. But like, you've sort of been here for a while. And I just feel like in the last year or so with Rad, with uh, TYR, with all these other brands that are really coming up. And in my opinion, utilizing a strategy of going hard into big name athlete sponsorships, which is not Mm. something that we've seen uh, all that much in the past because it's not something that every brand can do right away. Right. Mm. And like I said, as a marketer at heart, I just found your strategy of really launching uh, via big names before you even had a product to sell in a, in a huge way, I think made a splash. It made the community go, huh. And so just the nerd in me would love to hear more about your launch strategy and how you sort of landed on finding the athletes, you know, getting your name out there via them before you even had anything to sell. Like that was risky. Tell me about how that all went down. So 
for me, I feel like, you know, the opportunity that, that you mentioned and the community kind of welcoming in these new brands is that they, the big, the big brands in the space who are there had the capital and the funds to be able to play, but they didn't necessarily um, communicate or were really wholly authentic to the space that they were operating in. And I think that's where the consumer has probably said, okay, well, they're the only ones available for now, so we will like adopt them and love them. But when a new brand comes along in a more authentic way that talks to you on a sort of deeper emotional level, I think that's where you get the connection. So I think that's one of the points. There's this funny echo going on. I don't know if you can hear that. Can you I hear can't that? hear it. No, no. it's just Sounds me good talking to, me. to myself. Okay, fine. <laughs> How comfortable I'm sure that is for you. <laughs> I'm listening to myself going, what are you saying? This is really weird. Um, no, sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, this guy. Um, but I think the other thing is, is to your point, like that authentic piece comes from the athlete completely. So for me, I said, we want to be really authentic. We need to convey that, you know, this is a brand built by someone who is from the community. So that was like the first port of call was like, you know, without being corny, kind of telling my story. And then the other element was, okay, we also need to convey that we are a performance brand because mm -hmm. we know everyone in this space is kind of a bit geeky and a bit nerdy and likes to talk totally. stats and, you know, likes to geek out on performance and all those kind of things. And so the best way I felt to convey that was by having world-class athletes talking about the brand and saying, oh, yeah, I wear this shoe and I compete at the highest level. And therefore, it must be a performance product, you know? So that was very simply how we looked at it. And then it was about conveying, I guess, Rad's visual identity on top of those two sort of pillars of performance and authenticity, and then the visual identity was I wanted people to have this sort of element of fun when they engage with Rad. I feel like, you know, a lot of uh, brands, certainly in this space, are quite serious. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. like we are training, we are really serious, like desaturate everything, make it really dark and gritty. And, you know, that was like cool um, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. But I feel like now everyone's like, the reason people train is because it makes them feel good and they feel happy. And, you know, it's a really important part of their life. And it's not ultimately because they're going to go and compete at the CrossFit Games. It's because they can then go and enjoy being with their friends or their family or their kids or going out to the mountains to a mountain bike or snowboard or ski or go in the ocean. And I think for me, it's a, a much more, as Rad is much more wanting to be part of a lifestyle that people adopt rather than like, you know, training is my life. It's like training helps facilitate my life. 
Um, and so then, yeah, the, the sort of or the authentic piece of the athlete um, performance layered in with a bit of like fun and, and I guess laughter and happiness, I think is ultimately what kind of got people engaged with what we're doing. Yeah. Um, I love it. I think that, that, um, brand and visual identity, um, when you don't work in the marketing space sounds like technical stuff. And as a consumer, you're probably just like, I don't know, I just like what I like, but there's so much thought and intentionality that goes into it. And I love the way that you describe that because I think we've had lots of extremes in the CrossFit space, right? For a long time, we were like loud and colorful. And if your shit wasn't neon, then do you even CrossFit? And they've got (laughs) socks that go up to your knees and they can't be plain or who are you, right? And then there's, there's plenty of brand imagery on the complete other side of the, of the coin. That's like, we make things in blue and black and gray. And that's kind of where we live. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are very, um, simple and like almost like a more elegant aesthetic and there's not a lot in the middle I feel like maybe in in smaller brands for sure smaller brands and and anyone who sets up a tiny tent at the games I see you you guys are doing great um but in the larger brand space especially in the footwear space I think that's a I think that's an interesting niche that you've carved out for yourself because it hasn't to me quite been explained that way in any other brand visuals or brand language that I've seen. And again, marketing nerd, but <laughs> I like it. I like where you're coming from. And, and and to anyone who's listening to being like, I have no idea what she's saying. The vibe is cool. That's all I'm saying. The vibe is fun. The vibe is cool. I like it. Thank you. Yeah. So cool. I think that, you know, that word cool is, is thrown around and used, but everyone kind of knows what it means. You know, it, it, it is generic, but also when you ultimately you know, try and find another word to replace it. Nothing quite does it justice, you know. Except for maybe red. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there you go. No, truly, truly. And Ben, I have to tell you, you, we probably should have been charging you for sponsorship spots on this show for a long time because I think I'm the only person who still uses the word rad in normal conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I think I, I like listened back to an episode, John, that you and I did the other day and I was like, oh my God. Like Am I from time. 1972? All, all the time. All the time. What's wrong with me? I, I think what I like about um, the shoes, they, they feel very familiar in a lot of ways, Ben. Um, I was curious as I was doing some research on it. Uh, you guys, it sounds like you guys are working on a skateboard shoe and uh, some running shoes. And I have, a, I have a kid that skateboards a lot. And she probably owns every pair of Vans ever created. And I was thinking about them like, man, that's probably why these feel a little familiar to me, like the suede on the shoes and kind of the way the tongue are and, and why they feel so much cooler than, you know, many of the other shoes that I'm wearing when you guys were, you know, going on down this journey of creating a shoe for functional fitness and for training. Um, you know, could you speak to that a little bit about, you know, kind of this mindset of, um, I don't know if subculture is the right term, but yeah, absolutely. That you've hit the nail on the head. Subculture is definitely a, uh, you know, obviously there's so many uh, different subcultures um, that people sort of connect with and resonate with. And for me, it was about identifying the ones that we feel have driven um, the fashion space for, for so long. 
um, and driven kind of tribes of people to come together as collectives. When you look at, to your point, skating, you know, and this is where I kind of draw the comparisons to CrossFit and skating is, you know, CrossFitters, wherever they are, whatever affiliate they're from, there will be a style within that affiliate. You know, some people might wear Nike Metcons or some people might wear Nobles or Innovates or or Rads or whatever it is. But then because of that, there's also this like overarching style. And I guess I kind of call them like the crew. So you have like a, a, an affiliate crew that will probably dress slightly differently uh, in New York than they would in Miami, for instance, or you have a skate crew that dresses a certain way in New York. And again, in, in LA, they're going to wear something slightly different. And I think what we, or what I wanted to do was draw reference from those kind of old school crews, be it, you know, um, like street basketball or skating or kind of, um, you know, like the breakdance crews kind of of the 80s and 90s, and then started to look at, you know, their clothes, their footwear, and kind of put a sort of modern take on that. So the suede element to the shoe is kind of like classic kind of lifestyle shoe, um, but then the moulding over the upper is a very modern technique. So we're kind of blending this like old material with a new technique that kind of gives it this, I guess, like retro futurism vibe. And that is often what we think about when we're we're designing and, and sort of, I mean, I'm a terrible drawer, but I kind of draw it and then our incredible designer actually brings it to life. But we're always referencing, you know, elements from the past and then trying to kind of put this modern take on them. And I think that's what gives people, to your point, John, is you kind of have this familiarity to the product because you've potentially seen a material or you've seen a design line that has been influenced by something that is very well known back from the 90s or the 80s or or whenever it was. And then I think you ultimately the product becomes more wearable you know it's not this kind of garish larry thing um you can kind of then start to see how you yes wear it for training but then how you can wear it outside in your kind of everyday and for me what i really wanted to develop was a shoe that had all the kind of tech and performance features you would expect in the most sort of high-performing CrossFit shoe or training shoe, but it was all integrated. You know, we wanted to have the rope wrap. We wanted to have the handstand push-up clip, but we didn't want to, like, call it out and make it this big all-singing, all-dancing thing. We just want people to know that, you know, if that's what they really want in a shoe, it's there, but you can also wear this shoe casually with a pair of jeans or chinos or whatever you want to wear kind of thing um so that was kind of the thought behind it i guess definitely chinos that's my first go-to when i think about what i'm gonna wear with my sneakers (laughs) that's awesome i love it i think that that i think that's reflected in so much of your visual identity and it's funny because we're obviously 
I don't know. It appeals to the spectrum of people. And I just feel like I'm obviously on the old side of things because I'm like, yeah, 90s throwback. And everyone, <laughs> all the young kids right now are like just wearing what they're wearing. And they're like, what do you mean this was cool in the 90s? And I'm like, uh, I'm officially yeah. that age. We're like, uh, you guys probably won't understand this as well because you're um, dudes. But any any like 30 plus woman listening to this show will totally understand what I'm about to say. I bought high-waisted wide leg jeans the other day okay this has been a struggle you guys <laughs> for months and months i have been like just avoiding this like the plague because skinny you can't Why? find them anywhere you can't find uh... them anywhere anymore they're like out of stores and it doesn't make any fucking sense because it's gross wide leg high-waisted jeans are gross and i went to um made well which is like an expensive trendy store lots of jeans yeah things that look nice and i was like went to a young girl and i was like assemble for me your trendiest outfit right and i I put it on i'll send you a picture john of like me in the dressing room with this outfit on i literally i am not making this up i look like my mom in the 80s rearing me as a young child i was like this cannot be cool there's no way i look like i'm like i'm like a chunky sweater tucked in a high-waisted wide leg pants that are like up to my ankles what is this world and everyone was like oh yeah that's like the coolest that'll be six hundred dollars for this outfit (laughs) (laughs) i absolutely am hyperventilating in this so anyway all that to say that um it's appealing to a wide range of people including us oldies you didn't buy them then I did. You did? I I'm did. sure they look amazing. I, I, I had them in my closet for like three whole weeks before I was brave enough to wear them. And I just wore them this last week. <laughs> I came downstairs and my husband was like, what, what, what are you? I'm sorry. He goes, is this how they're supposed to look? <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to message Matt and work on his compliments. <laughs> yeah, actually, and he was that like, "Okay, well then, I'm sure they look nice." And they like, look oh. great on you. They look great on you. Then that's what not he said. helping, Matt. It's not helping. Anyway, I'm telling you, any any elder millennial ladies listening to this can relate. I promise. I hey Ben, I'm curious. When you were training and competing, were you the type of athlete that was thumbing your nose at kind of the big name shoes, or were you just training in the good old fashioned nanos like? like everyone else in 2012? I, yeah, so I had, I had the Innovates to begin with. Um, do, you the, do you have the blue ones, the 195s, like the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So did we all? Ones. We yeah, all yeah. I had those. And then I vaguely recall, like, I absolutely destroyed them, like just wore them to death. And then for whatever reason, like couldn't get to a store and then I was just wearing bands just like old authentic so just like do you know all my lifting in those and I mean there were no like ropes or anything where I because initially I was in a sort of globo gym um so it was just like you know barbell stuff and then your standard metcons um and then yeah when when Reebok like released the Nano One, yeah, I was all up in the Nano One, um, and I I got a pair of the twos, but didn't really like them, so went back to the ones, and I wore the ones for ages until like whatever it was, two thousand and I think two thousand fifteen, and then the Metcon came on the scene, and I got the Metcons, and then that was kind of what I wore. Um, 
you know, until whenever it was, 2017. So um, when you're like, I'm going to make my own shoe. Yeah, I'm going to make my own now. They're a great shoe. Nike's, you know, they crush it. <laughs> well, I guess that's the question, though. Like, I mean, you know, you've got obviously got a lot of experience in that. Like the original Innovates, um, you know, we all had that original blue pair. But the fundamental flaw was the first time you got on a rope, they were oh, shredded. Yeah. And the toes yeah. would always break off when you did burpees, you know. So they were kind of a nightmare for, you know, those of us in 2011 and 2012. And then the the Nanos were like, you know, running in flip-flops. They were just, you know, not fun to run in. So you've had a lot of experience in in kind of the three or four like main upstart shoes in the early days across it, how much of that you think influenced your design in this and in like putting together what you think as, as someone who competed, mm. what you need on a day-to-day basis to do this? So I think I really, I definitely looked at the runnability. I really thought about, <clears throat> you know, the other element was, like, if you can really, truly run in this shoe, like, it's not going to be that good for the 90% of training that most people will be doing. So what I wanted to, to, to really make sure was we had a – this is going to sound really odd, but <clears throat> the one thing I didn't like about the Innovate was it was too light – Right, And I actually found when lifting, to have a little bit of weight on your feet kind of grounded me and I felt better connection to the floor. Even though was, there was potentially like a little bit more chunk to the sole or whatever, I actually felt like having a bit of weight on your foot made you feel more stable. And so we were kind of really like balancing this like super runnability with this like enough of enough cushion without going like purely for running and then also being sort of low enough to the ground but still thick enough that you could actually feel like you were connected to the floor but you had some stability and it was John it was a proper like back and forth like Tom the designer when I was first sort of trying to convey what we needed the shoe to to be he was like well, they're completely at odds with each other. Like you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to do this with the shoe. And so we just had to just constantly tweak like formulations of the foam, the thickness of the wrap around the sole to kind of land in that sweet spot. Um, the foam we actually use in the midsole is what you would normally find in a running shoe. So it's quite a standard hardness of a running shoe. But then because we wrap it in this TPU cage, that's what kind of gives you that stability. So there's kind of this stability cage that when you compress the foam, it gives feedback to make you feel kind of solid. But then when you start doing plyometrics, you do get that nice sort of bound off the floor. Um, I think the then next part was on the upper, making sure that we had, you know, enough flexibility for everything we wanted to do. Because I think, which I think I find strange with a lot of the brands, I think they go too stiff on the upper to try and contain the foot for when you're lifting. But the reality is like, you know, the majority of your sessions 
are going to be around the sort of 90% of your max anyway. And do you need a really, really, really stiff shoe to be able to do that? No. Um, so for me, it was about making sure the shoe had this all-day wearability, all-day comfort. And then I felt like if we hit that sweet spot, we're going to be in a place where you're going to be able to perform the kind of key elements that you would do in any kind of CrossFit workout. And if you're one of those people that is like, oh, no, like I really need my lifters to max out in, then you're probably going to go and buy some lifters anyway. So let's not worry about those people. You know, this shoe, ultimately, <laughs> we boiled it down to like, it needs to be quite vanilla <laughs> in, order to, <laughs> in order for it to truly do what we want it to do. Like it can't, right. in, yeah. in the same way, a CrossFit athlete generally needs to be pretty vanilla. Like if they're an amazing runner and they have like, you know, a sub 30, 10K, or whatever, like they're definitely not going to be able to lift anything. But if they can, you know, snatch over 200 kilos, they're definitely not going to be able to run. So, you know, that was kind of what we started to analyze further was like, what does the ultimate athlete need to be able to do? And then we'll build a shoe that will enable them to do like 90% of those things well. You know, the next big thing in the CrossFit shoe space has to be like easy slip on, slip off shoes that you can just bring like three pairs of shoes to your workout with you and like leave them out by your bar and you can just like slip out and slip into lifters real quick and slip out and slip into runners real fast. So and then, it's, fun. it's funny yeah, you say that, Nikki, because out. I notoriously kick off my shoes when I'm done. And this is the first pair I've had. I can't kick them off, which I find really like they're really, they really stay on your feet in a stable manner, which is obviously very important when you're lifting. Um, but usually with my shoes, like I come home and I just kick them at the heel and pull them off. And these, I can't do that with. I also Good. find you got to like, untie them with your fingers. God forbid. I know. Well, it's a pain in the ass. That part, I can't think there's my, only my high tops. Those are the only shoes I legitimately untie with my fingers. Probably horrible for the shoes, but talk to any like, mom of babies or toddlers right. i can't even tell you the last time i was able to sit down and use my fingers on my laces oh my i am like a stickler for undoing my shoelaces of course you I, are. Un I undo my shoelaces i pull them all through so there's like an inch of lace hanging out the top eyelet and then i take them off you don't have a toddler do you i do i have a two-year-old tell me how where do you put them while you do your shoes so i put him down and, and see if he can take his shoes off and then once he's done his shoe, he has to take his socks off. And that gives me time to fully unlace my shoes. <laughs> See, I gotta, I'm gotta. i almost there. As soon as you, you guys, I swear, watch my Instagram because at some point this week, I swear a hunter will walk. He is already oh, really? doing the thing where he's standing and he's like, tri he'll like tripod stand himself up. 15 months. So like, dude's wow, gotta, yeah, we gotta yeah. fucking go. Let's come on. It's time. Um, but he's already doing the thing where he'll like step, step, fall. He'll like stumble, fall. So I swear wow. it's like, it's like in the next day or two and it better That's be because I hear he'll start sleeping better once he can actually do it. Yeah. I can't remember what happened with Bo if he started sleeping better. I don't recall. I don't, I, I don't want to ruin it, but I can't, I don't think he did start sleeping. <laughs> so then I'll give you some user feedback on the weight of the shoe. So I'm such a nerd when, when these things showed up. Uh, the very first thing I did, people are going to be grossed out by this, is I got out my food scale and I weighed them. 
as first really? amendment. Wait, yeah, that's for, so interesting. Why did you do that? Because they felt heavy. So I'm like, oh, these feel heavy to me. Like okay. I I have primarily been wearing Innovates recently and they're moderately light. They're about nine to ten ounces. And so I get these, I'm like, they feel heavy. So I go away them. They're about 13 ounces. I'm like, all right, well, that's going to make it interesting to run in. I'm curious how that's going to feel. But the very first thing I noticed with the shoes is they are stable AF. Like there is no wobble on your ankles. Like, and you know, I'm, I'm not lifting super heavy. I know that's shocking, Ben, but I'm not a super heavy lifter. Um, I'm sorry. But, you know, I work to my 90% like everybody else, to your point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I was never worried about my ankles tipping or, you know, kind of the weirdness that comes with instability on, uh, on the shoes. And, uh, when I was running with them over the weekend, which was really kind of my first longish run, here's the best compliment I can give you. I never thought about them. Not even once, like literally never considered the shoes on my feet for the workout itself, which, which for me is great. So like when it was, Oh, and, and for the record, I won that workout, I might add. So, you know, and I, I wasn't running a blistering pace. So it probably speaks more to the group I was working out with than to my, (laughs) my skill. Um, but you know, I was running about an eight minute mile, give or take, and they feel great. Cool. You know, so it was good. Yeah, it was good stuff. You know, it's, uh, they are a little different for me. You know, it, it, it was a little different for me to get used to because of, you know, similar to you, Ben, the shoes I've come up on, they feel so different, mm. but I love, I love those modern elements. And the fact that I don't think about them while I'm doing burpees, box jumps, like that workout specifically was burpees, box jumps, wall balls and running. So you kind of hit all yeah. elements. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, definitely the kind of workout where if your shoes are kind of on your mind, you're way thrown off. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never really, you know, considered what was uh, what was on my feet, and and for the record, the suede holds up really well. Yeah. No, I think we. So this is a very boring stat for you, but you when you're when you're selecting fabrics, you have abrasion. Um, tests that you perform on them and this this particular suede is a it's a microfiber holds up in line with a sort of performance kudura but it has this kind of soft hand feel to it so you're still getting the same level that you would from like a sort of ballistic kudura type material but you then have this kind of lifestyle element to it and i think that's the key is like you know we always try and design with performance in mind and then bring in an aesthetic that brings it into lifestyle. So you you kind of, you know, that could be a, a Kajora on there and it would kind of probably feel the same, but aesthetically it would kind of say something very different about the shoe. Kajura, is that like Kevlar kind of? Yeah, so it's not a Kevlar, but it's just like a heavy, what would it be? It's like a sort of heavy duty, like military type. Yeah. Fabric you'd see on like a duffel bag or whatever like that. Got it. So Ben, what, what is the plan with rad? Like, do you, obviously you're continuously making updates to the shoes, but they are, from what I can see, they're kind of staying the same ish shape vibe style. Like where do you go from here? So what we want to do is get to a point where, so the bottom of the shoe, the tooling part, that's the thing that takes a real long time to develop. And then the upper is 
it's kind of, you know, you can do that on, if you have a really, really good team and, you know, supply chains working really efficiently, you can develop an upper in like six to nine months, whereas a tooling, the bottom part takes 18 to 24 months. So what we want to do is broadly every 36 months <clears throat> to begin with, so like every three years, we'll replace the top and the bottom and then every 18 months, we'll, we'll change the upper. So we're working on the V2 of the RAD1 that will come out. We're actually touting the games for the V2 to launch. Great. Great. And then we've got the running shoe that's going to launch in May time, um, which is cool. And the concept behind that shoe is we've developed a foam that should support a heavier athlete, right? Oh, cool. Crossfitters uh, have a lot of muscle mass um, and the foams that are found in most running shoes are developed with sort of very high level runners. But the problem with that is when you then put a heavy load on them, they really compress under that load. And so quite often I would find that I would bottom the foam out when I start running in it. So we've made this foam to basically support people who are heavier or with more body uh, muscle mass. Cool. So that's quite a cool thing. And this is going to be a running shoe that is like your everyday workhorse. Like this is what you put your miles in. This is what you do your like long runs in. It's not your like race day shoe. Um, and again, we hope that people will find it so comfortable that they kind of wear it every day. Um, so that is in, so they're the two shoes that are coming out next year. And then the following year, at the beginning of the year, we have the skate shoe. And then we have a trail shoe and V3 of the training shoe come out. Um, so, yeah, 2024 is going to be, I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> 2024 is going to be a, a wild year, but 2023 yeah. is kind of, you know, doubling down on what we've already created, uh, bringing that running shoe to, to the market. And, and then also trying to add in, we, we kind of call it extra bits. So like, you know, some, some like sweatpants, uh, hoodie, t-shirts, you know, just like nice lifestyle bits that people can kind of throw on and wear to and from the gym or to warm up in or whatever. Um, we don't have the resource to kind of really build out a true performance clothing line um yeah we hope yet. to get there yeah um but we really want to focus on the shoes and and you know throw all our energy into that because that's ultimately what we believe is going to be the thing that kind of sets us apart and allows people to really understand what we're about i guess you know, brand ben, matters yeah brand yeah. Matter. validating my job yeah. <laughs> ben i'm i'm 52 how about a nice pair of orthopedic shoes for yeah. an old guy that would be great. with a really nice flexible upper. yeah oh yeah yeah i think that's we're, we're looking at doing a slide um but we kind of want to like flip it to be more of a you know like a kind of recovery style shoe um that again i think we <laughs> i know i said i took about shoelaces but we do want to try and incorporate that ability that you can just like clip it on but it, it kind of hugs your achilles so it's a bit more wearable i think like a lot of slides you know they're like practical in terms of you can slide them on and off and 
if it's hot, your kind of foot has a lot of breathability, but you try and walk anywhere in a slide, it's like, it's, I find it so annoying because I just think, oh, it's going to fall off the whole time. So we want to develop a shoe that kind of, you know, is very much like that easy to put on. You know, you don't want to bend down much when you're 52, do you? Not at all. That's why I kick them off. Um, so yeah, that is on our that's on our radar. Um, and then we also we like the idea of of looking at a lifter, um, but again, it's like you know we don't want to stretch our, ourselves yeah. too thin and you know and get distracted. That's well, tough. I've been doing all my lifting in your shoes for whatever that's worth. I mean, even on my strength days, um, you know, not just you know during metcons or wads or whatever. And they've been great for that. So, I mean, you do you build a lifter if you want, but I'm I'm good with what I have. They're working great for that. Call off the lifter. John's all set. <laughs> John's all set. I feel like the, I feel like as a community, we kind of gone like this full full circle. Like we went through this phase of like I all I need is like a t-shirt, some shorts and whatever shoes I've got. And yeah. I can just go and do my workout. And then it went into, I need the shorts, the top, the shoe, the lifter, the wrap, the knee sleeve, the belt, the da 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 you know? And then you had the bag that was like the size of a, a check-in bag, you know, for your, for your holiday or whatever. And now it's like people are kind of going, actually, do I really need that? Or can I, yeah. you know? Um, so it's a, an interesting one. I kind of blow different ways. Some days I'd be like, yeah, we should do a lifter because people will like lifters. And then other days I'm like, lifters aren't that cool. You know, it's funny. I feel like I've talked about this trajectory to a lot of different people. And I think because the three of us have been in this for like a really long time, we have seen the arc come full circle. And I, it's interesting now as a coach, I still see people at various stages on that journey. And there are some yeah. folks like us who have been doing this for 10, 12 years, who have now come all the way back to like, yeah, I'm just going to like leave my sneakers in my car and I'll be here after work and I'll see you, you know? And then there are some people who are like, oh, did you see the new thing that dropped? I stayed up until midnight to get the thing and the other thing, and the other thing. And I'm like, well, you already had six of those things. And they're like, yeah, but I need the new thing. And, you know, there's the people that work out. You have to tell them to take a rest day because they've been coming for 22 days in a row and, and they're new and they want to come twice a day. And then there's the people who are like, if I can make it here two, three days a week, I'm doing great. And it's like wherever they land on their fitness journey, and of course, wherever they are in their life matters, but we've lived it and seen it. And now I feel like watching other people on that journey is so interesting because I'm like, I know where you're going to be in three months. I know where you're going to be in nine months. I know where you're going to be Definitely. in three years, you know? But I think it's like, sorry, John, you've gone. Well, no, I was just saying, I'm just hoping knee socks make a comeback. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I probably still have 12 pairs around here. I just got rid of mine when we moved into this house in the summer and I like purged my closet. I cannot tell you the number of knee high socks and also like tank tops that like went way low, like under my bra in the front with like skinny, skinny, skinny straps. Yeah. Remember those that women oh, yeah. wore? What about the, the one inch booty short? Okay, so. With the knee <laughs> 
I I really never like got too too into like the one inch. I was always because I'm a little bit taller, and also my husband was like, "Please don't leave the house like that." Um, but I definitely like anything that I got from the games from Reebok when I was working, and they had that I had to wear that were like uncomfortably short went straight into the like sleep short pile. Yeah, nice. These are instantly like I'm sleeping in these. These are pajamas only from then on. So I did purge a lot of those too. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like the I like the cycle short look. I think it's it seems practical. I mean, I've I never it. worn I've never worn a one inch booty short, but I yeah. just feel like <laughs> I feel like the, the leg the leg chafage would be the one thing I'd be most concerned yeah. about. Well, that was my that was my thing. And any any um, thick girls can relate that like I can't run in shorts. I always have to check the workout for my outfit because if it's a running day and I show up in shorts, like I'm going to start a fire. Yeah. And it's, it's uncomfortable. Goofy. You know, like butt rash from ab mats and yeah. then you shower? It's like that, <laughs> but on the inside of your thighs. It's not fun. Savage. No, no not fun. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think the cycle short, shorts are back yeah. and I'm into it. Yeah. No, that's good. Long that's good. bike shorts and baggy tees are in. And I'm like, oh, look, a photo of me when I was six. Yeah. Seriously. The dream. The dream. Yeah. Right? I'm so here for it. There was a, a photo I saw a few weeks ago of Lady Diana wearing this like oversized sweatshirt. So this uh-huh. is like, you know, 93 or 94. Oversized sweatshirt, a Ralph Lauren dad cap huh? a cycle short and then a high top trainer and i was like fuck that's so cool the coolest thing yeah. ever the coolest thing ever and like literally what my mom wore in the 80s yeah. when i was yeah 100 yeah it's great so, I love that. yeah all right well ben uh before we wrap up you guys gonna be at wadapalooza will you be there yes. this year? Awesome. yeah we've got some yeah we've got some cool stuff planned um that it, it's a year since we launched and it will be a year since we announced Danielle as our athlete. So oh, we're going to be doing some, some fun stuff uh, over the weekend. So yeah, you, you, I take it you guys are going to be there. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the gauntlet in your shoes. So oh, there it when, is. John should be your newest sponsored athlete. When, uh, when, when it all goes to shit, I'm blaming you. <laughs> Okay, I would have done great if it wasn't for those shoes. It had nothing to do with my training, of course not. Or when you win, so if you win, are you going to blame us as well? As long Uh, as you'll get full credit. Okay, Okay, it was the shoes. Yeah, Yeah. I'm. I'm signed up. I'll. I'll I'll take that. Full credit. (laughs) All right. Well, we're excited to see you there. We'll have to make sure we uh, we swing by and say hi, Nikki. Nikki and I will be broadcasting. We'll we'll uh, we'll make sure we stay in touch. We're doing a, a cocktail party while we're there oh, uh, hosting one so we'll have to make sure you come by and have some yes. drinks with us where are you doing that at downtown strength and conditioning i uh, very cool when what do you know when um Year. i have to settle on the date and time yeah so i gotta I'm settle on it i need to message him today i'm i'm gonna guess uh either friday or saturday i think okay so cool nice we will, we will let you know for sure cool. yeah i'd love to love to meet you in person that'd be great yay Cool. All right. Super. Thank fun. you so much. Well, Ben, it was great to meet you, Nikki. Great for the uh, rare daytime episode, no, as always. Oh yeah, and, sorry uh, about that. Oh, it's fine. No, no, totally it's all fine. good. All right. I got well, out of taking the baby to daycare this morning, so it was actually perfect. We should do all of our podcasts at nine a.m. I know. I wish <laughs> if it wasn't for my damn real job, we could. Same. Same. 
Yeah. All right. Well, for everyone listening, thank you for joining this morning and we will chat with you guys soon.